Welcome to Near and Far, the World Catholicism Podcast. I'm your host, Stan Chu Ilo, research professor in the Center for World Catholicism and Intercultural Theology at DePaul University in Chicago. Hello, welcome to our podcast, and today we have the distinguished honor of hosting Reverend Father Professor Patrick Desir Chibuko. Welcome, Father Chibuko. Thank you very much. Uh, Father Chibuko is our fall research uh, professor visiting from the Catholic Institute of uh, West Africa. Uh, Father Chibuko would like to know who is Reverend Father Professor Patrick Desir Chibuko? Well, first of all, thank you very much for this opportunity. Father Patrick is a priest from Nigeria, and um, I'm here for this um, fellowship. And I thank, first of all, the, the Center for World Catholicism and Intercultural Theology of DePaul University. Thank all those who made it possible, the director, Professor Bill, Professor Mike, Professor Stan himself, Ilo, the workers, especially uh, Karen, Karen Kraft and the assistant Anne. Patrick, as I said, is from Nigeria and um, studied in Vicar Memorial Seminary, Enugu, where when he became a priest, where he studied philosophy and theology. And after that, he was, after two years of working in the parish, the bishop, in collaboration with the rector of the seminary, sent him to, sent me to, to Rome for further studies, to study sacred liturgy. So there I studied sacred liturgy, first of all, got my licentiate in sacred liturgy, St. Anselmo, and then continued with doctorate, which I, I obtained in 1990 as a doctorate in sacred liturgy. Yeah, what was your thesis on? Yes, I researched on the missal of Pope Paul VI in relation to social justice. So my thesis I, I wrote is called Sacred Liturgy and social justice according to the Missale Romanum of Pope Paul VI, to make a blend between liturgy we celebrate social justice issues in the world and in the church. And um, you know that uh, this was uh, Pope Paul VI yes. took over from John the Twenty-Third um, with the renewal, the re liturgical renewal of the Second Vatican Council. Um, do you consider yourself um, uh, belonging to that stream of liturgical renewal following uh, Second Vatican Council? And what are those contributions you have made uh, so far in that area? Yes. To study liturgy itself means you are a servant. Liturgy is at the service of the church. 
Therefore, I consider myself as a part of this mainstream of the church, thinking along with the church. And later being at the service of the church, I want to make myself available also to be part of that service to the church. So having said that, I plunged myself into this study and at the end I came out with my doctorate and then I have tried to put myself into the service of the church. First of all, by helping students who come from five countries that make up Siwa, where I'm teaching, to give them lectures, mentor them, moderate their thesis, and um, I have a couple of them already who have passed through our institute, precisely the liturgy. Then in this liturgical renewal, which is continuing, and being part of this, this renewal of the church, um, have been involved in so many international conferences, national conferences where we represent papers, discuss papers, rub minds together towards the renewal of the liturgy because liturgy is life and being at the service of the church, the church is always in the process of change. Liturgy will also have to go along with the process of change. Change for the better. Change to make liturgy functional, to make liturgy homely, to bring the liturgy to the context because liturgy is life. Liturgy is not static. Life is never static. Our philosophy tells us that we cannot step into the same water twice. So liturgy moves along with the change which is characteristic of the church. Therefore, we are in the process. So through my students whom I teach, through conferences which I give, and then the publications, because liturgy means also research. We have done a lot of research or some research that has yielded so many publications. The first of them all is the core mystery of the liturgy, which the liturgy of the church celebrates, the Pascal mystery. That was our first outing. Pascal mystery, foundation for liturgical inculturation in Africa. Then that brought about other ones. We took example of what to do with this Pascal ministry in relation to marriage. So that is the second publication. Then we have been involved in not only going to conferences, publications, but also undertaking some concrete liturgical creativity innovations to put into practice what the recommendations of the renewal of the liturgy demands of us to create to make new, to break new grounds. So that is what I can say for the meantime, the contributions we have made. So um, why is this liturgical renewal so essential for the future of Catholicism in Africa? Of all the other things, why the liturgical renewal, seeing as you do, as you do that um, you know, there are many other challenges facing the church in Africa. There's a problem of uh, poverty. There is a problem of uh, this uh, syncretism and all that, even uh, authority issues of uh, women, la laity in leadership. 
Why is this so important to you? Just as I said at the beginning, the, we rely on the wisdom of the fathers of the church. You see, when the John the Twenty Third convened the council, which he didn't see through, but was continued by his predecessor, the very first part of call was reform of the liturgy, relationship between God and his people in worship. It was not out of place. It was not, um, it was not just by chance it happened. It was deliberate because if you want to reform the church, the first part of call is to see how you can reform his relationship with God in worship. So taken from there, we looked into other areas, in other areas. These are supposed to be the corollary flowing from this, because once you get this done, every other thing follows, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all is justice, according to the scriptures, and every other thing will be added unto you. So it was necessary that the church begins with this uh, important aspect as first, because that is the determining factor of the reform of the church. Every other one is good, but they are all linked up. That's why the liturgy is called the summit and the apex and the, the source of source and summit of the life of the church. Coolman yeah. et funds of the church. All the activities of the church, it says, not just some, it's all. Thank you. And um, uh, you gave a public lecture here at the ball. Yes. Yeah, what did you speak about? And. Um, uh, what are the key ideas that you shared yes. with um, with the, the DePaul audience? I see. Thank the Center for World Catholicism and Intercultural Theology for giving me the opportunity for this fellowship. So, what I spoke about, I will I will, I will say, is a, is a, is a team with two other prongs. All right, let me say, it's, uh, it's in a broad sense, liturgy for the church as a field hospital with other sub-teams therein. Because the church is moving on and the head of the church has propounded this church as a field hospital. And liturgy being at the service of the church. You mean Pope Francis? Pope Francis, of course. Pope Francis has this this um, this um, image of the church as a as a field hospital. So I felt I became fascinated by that by that um, image of the church, and I felt the Pope will have to think along with the Pope with the church. Let me use the word the church, and such a such an image requires an accompanying liturgy for each celebration. And by this I mean the Church of the Field Hospital emphasizes accompaniment and presence. God, Church, and the mysteries to go along with the Church, especially the marginalized, the poor. And reading the book written by one of our research scholar professors, Stan Ilo, talking about the illuminative Ecclesiology of Pope Francis, a poor and merciful church. 
you will see better perspective of this wonderful image. So I thought and I believe and I decided to provide this church of accompaniment and presence to accompany it with also an accompanying and present liturgy called Emmanuel Gear. The other issues flowing from that. In that conference, I was so I was trying to present that this ecclesiology of accompaniment requires a liturgy of accompaniment, accompaniment. And then we developed a kind of liturgy to celebrate this ecclesiology because liturgy is at the service of the church. Therefore, we require a liturgy to celebrate the church as field hospital so that the whole thing will not just end up on discussion, conferences, and the lectures. So we employ the term ritualization to ritualize this ecclesiology through the process of Emmanuel gear so that this beautiful theology does not just die off. And this is one of the best legacies our blessed Lord Jesus Christ left for us, who after 33 years of life and Pascal mystery in this world, at the tail end, he had to ritualize all this with the request, hoc facite, imeam commemorationem, do this in memory of me. And I think that is what is keeping the church here today. Otherwise, human beings, because of our giving to short memories, this is what just physically that we're only to be remembered by maybe one or two. But the church is still going on, and that is why at the end of consecration, which is changing the bread and wine into body and blood of Christ, we remind ourselves what we are doing. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. We profess your death. We proclaim your, your resurrection until you come again, because this is what he asked us to be doing. So the legacy of this wonderful ecclesiology of the church as a field hospital can have the same memorial remembrance if we have a liturgy to accompany it called ritualization. Because if you want anything of value to last, perpetuate, enjoy perennial, endurance, put it into ritual. That's our effort. Yes. That's what I was giving there. In the so the Imanu Laitogia, uh, it seems to be a new terminology. Yes. Because that liturgy, you have introduced yes. to uh, world Catholicism. Because liturgy, as I said, is not static. Liturgy grows, but it grows along with the church. It thinks along with the church because if what I'm serving is dynamic, I cannot be static. I have to, if I'm serving the church which is dynamic, then I have also to be dynamic. I have to be, I don't have to stand one place, otherwise I'll be getting the same results. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we have to find a suitable word couched in the language that we know already, but from there we can grow further. Emmanuel, we know already from Emmanuel with us. Then Lytogia is combination of two Greek words that talk about public worship, function, one does for the good of the public. So it's not private. So worship 
that brings God with us, makes, makes him present, makes him, we see him as he is. And we see him as he said he is in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. He says, I accompany you. I will be with you. God is ubiquitous. with us. Whatever Israel was, God was going along with them. That's why he cannot cage him in a place. So he goes about. But at the same time, it's transcendent. Otherwise, the whole thing just becomes mundane. He's up there and he's with us. So the two are combined. That makes it different from anything human. God is love. God heals. We bring this healing which the world needs today. We're very, very clear. By mm -hmm. the way, we celebrate this. So, Imanu Laitogia, you yes. are an African theologian. Yes. Uh, is this for Africa that you are recommending, or is this for uh, the church in Philippines, the church in India? How specific or contextual? So, is this a global movement you're beginning in the liturgy? The liturgy of the church is universal. So, first of all, you think universally. And this is the challenge that we have been given to, to do in the liturgy. If I had wanted it to be localized, I would have couched it liturgy for the church as a field hospital in Enugu Diocese. But that is not correct. First of all, you go universal and then you go local. And that's what the universal liturgy of the church, according to Sacred Sacred Something Concilium, demands that we take the universal liturgy and then package it download it and package it for the local church. So what Pope Francis is talking about is not talking about the church as a field hospital in Argentina. He's talking about whatever the church of God is, we should accompany it with God's presence, with mercy, with healing, with accompaniment, with synodality, synergy, and solidarity. Then. When I go back to my Africa, then I, how do I download this healing, this synodality, this, uh, this uh, solidarity in my own culture, using the, the genius of my people, what best to use to download it, so that they will say, aha, this is our thing. Otherwise, I could be healing them with the wrong medication. So how will that then respond to some of the problems you have identified in your previous work about yes. enculturation, about social justice, about poverty, yes. interreligious dialogue? Can you help us understand how this your big idea yes. will um, you know, respond to these uh, challenges? First of all, if we understand the universal liturgy, which we have tried to explain, then the context determines a lot who are the people I'm talking about. Therefore, I go back to my home, or to my own context, and I discover, first of all, they need to be educated, even to understand what Emmanuel Atogia is talking about, that it is God coming down to us in a way that we can easily reach him with our own means. You begin from the known to the unknown. Therefore, my people are not just tabula rasa. They know God already, but they want to articulate this God, which I'm trying to bring to them, in a way that they will say, ah, we have a share in, the, in it. So I have to speak the language my people understand. I have to use the parables to understand. I have to use the images to understand that this liturgy is going to help them even to understand that poverty is not permanent. Poverty is transitory. 
The cross of Jesus Christ was a transition into glory. Therefore, we, as long as we endure the cross which is man-made, it means it will go out of uh, to, to die of one day. Yeah, so, I want you to stay on that uh, issue of poverty because the idea of reversal, how will Emmanuel Laitogia lead people to transformation, to praxis where they can now, in this day of poverty, they can transcend that yes, poverty. Yes. This glory you talk about, how will Emmanuel Laitogia, Laitogia take them from where they are now to where uh, that transformation takes place? Sometimes we underestimate the quality of our context. Our context is a situation whereby everyone comes to this particular celebration, the rich and the poor. Now, the efficacy of the word, the word of God I mean, the efficacy of Christ in action, because liturgy is Christ in action. So, when Christ is fully understood, you come to worship with firm faith that you are going to listen to the word with faith. Because, let me digress a bit. If you come to the world, if you come to worship without faith, and you are listening to the word of God, it's just like listening to newspaper reports. But if you come to worship with faith, you will discover God in his word. That there's something beyond just reading the word. If you come to worship with faith, and they bring bread and wine. With faith, you are not just see bread and wine, you are seeing the body and blood of Christ. But if you don't, if you are there without faith, you just see bread, after all, there's nothing that happened. If you go to a funeral, Christian funeral, without faith, you'll be seeing somebody that who just died, who so just did, lying there. But if you see, if you come to funeral with, Christ, with faith, you'll be seeing a citizen of heaven a candidate for heaven. So, when they come, when we, we bring this Emmanuel Atogia, celebrate it with faith and with some esteem of beauty, elegance, then you begin to see the efficacy of the word. It's God who transforms through the power of the Holy Spirit. That same Holy Spirit that made a virgin to become a mother is going to operate that same Holy Spirit that made bread and wine to become body and blood of Christ is going to transform the assembly because that same Spirit transforms the assembly. What does it mean? It makes the assembly realize that the bread broken means we go and become bread broken for others. The rich and the poor come there. The power of the world can transform the rich to realize that they have been usurping and taking all that belongs to everybody to themselves. This is one of the powerful works of the, of the fathers of the Church of Social Justice. By so, listening. So, um, transformation begins. So the transformation you see happens within the liturgical action, the not liturgical, after. Within the liturgical action, and then when it says, Go, the Mass is ended, Ite Misa Est, is now moment of action. So first of all, there's, there's transformation at the interim. 
but does not mean it has to remain within. That's at the entrance. Doesn't it doesn't mean to stay alone in the middle. Mm -hmm. It has to begin here and then go out to continue the work it has been meant to do. So transformation begins through the instrumentality of the Holy Spirit, who's the agent of transformation, to change the, the assembly, even to begin to change their own understanding of their situation. Mm -hmm. And then through the instrumentality of the, those who are rich already, more openings are made. Yeah, so I understand you to be saying that uh, Emmanuel Laitogia will require a new ritual. Sure. It will require new language. New language. And it will require new performance that can equip, it equips the people so that they can, they can go out and implement change. So uh, evidently you identify some limitations in the already existing uh, rituals and missile that uh, this one you offer is going to complement. Yes. And in the light of the new message that uh, God is speaking to the church today through Pope Francis's uh, emphasis on the culture of encounters. I think I see this as very, very uh, rooted in your work with enculturation, the idea of spirituality rooted in community relationality. So is Emmanuel Laitogia going to be really grounded in this? Is that the kind of in com communal experience, not simply some form of you know silent participation, but they see it communal sharing. So, mm -hmm. uh, is that the is that the is that? Do you think Emmanuel Laitogia is the is the is the next big idea coming from Africa? I would say yes, but it needs to be clarified because is Emmanuel Laitogia is not just going to be business as usual. It's not just going to be one of those things. No. Why? Because of the originality, the creativity, and the, and the innovations envisaged in Emmanuel Aitogia. Emmanuel Aitogia recognizes the church has already some prayers, which we say, some masses even, mass of reconciliation from one and two, mass for various needs. But this one is coming as an innovation in which we are going to equip this liturgy with all its particulars. By this I mean not just Emmanuel Aitogia, you go and get mass of uh, of uh, 32nd Sunday and which is also good in its own itself. But Emmanuel Aitogia is to go is going to bring the spirituality that emerges from this new ecclesiology, which we have enunciated mercy, healing, proximity all synodality pardon. and these are all rooted in god therefore a new liturgy in the sense that what god has given us we are going to enrich it with our cultural values and the genius of our people new opening prayer created in view of the spirituality of church as a, as a field hospital new preface that when you hear it, you feel you are just celebrating this church as a field hospital, appealing to both the head and the heart, and then transcending the head and the heart to go to God in prayer. It's not just going to be 
business as usual. What of the hand? You talk about the head. Okay. The the, as for execution, the hand what performs the, the signs and gestures. Gestures of mercy, gestures of love, gestures of healing. Not only that, the church has a tradition to ritualize this church as a field hospital. You require the mass. And then the liturgy of the hours is going to have his choice word of God. Then experts to represent what we used to read from the fathers of the church. The theologians of today are going to represent us in the fathers of the church to provide second reading to this. Also, Augustine has done his own part. Tertullian has done his own part. We have abundant theologians today. What are they doing? These are the people who are going to put their heads together to furnish us with proper, authentic second reading to this. That is for those who can read, though. But the point is the mass, everybody, liturgy of the hours, proper psalms, proper particular second reading and responses, and so on and so forth. That's not all. One of the greatest means of reaching the grassroots, the other spot I might contest, is devotion. Liturgical devotion to the church as a field hospital. So that it gets to every Tom Dick and Harry in the rural areas. I'm thinking of my own area. So that as they pray say their chaplet, they also do this devotion. Look at what is happening today about um, divine mercy, even in the bus, everywhere people are doing that. So we need something like that then a day will be fixed for it in the calendar by those who are in charge of this. Then after that, we have to, thanks be to the development in telecommunications today, upload these things into, into Android, internet, and so on and so forth. So as you open this thing, it's talking about mercy, healing. When you are celebrating or you are feasting in abundance, it rings and tells you there are people who are in need of this, so that there's no waste. You cannot underestimate the, the importance of ICT today, information and communication technology. And then, even to go further, to institutionalize this church as a field hospital, the Vincentians can have, they have, they have given us a very good example. Look at where we are at the Paul from St. Vincent. Nothing prevents Pope Francis to convert one of these universities in Rome to become university for the field hospital. Then we get congregations, men, women, priests, priests of the, of the field hospital, sisters of the field hospital, brothers of the field hospital, oblates of the field hospital. We popularize this. This is my plan for Francis. That's a great, um, a great uh, for the church. Yeah, innovative yes. idea. So we, we congratulate you on this pathfinding, uh, liturgical innovation, and um, we look forward to seeing the publication from, uh, from this, and we congratulate you. the The final, the final thing is the we always end with a, a trivia. A trivia. Where where do you think uh, the Pope has visited different countries in Africa? So why hasn't the Pope visited Nigeria? That is the is the giant of Africa. And so if 
if you if Francis was consulting you on the next place to visit in Africa, which country will you ask him to go? And why is that country fascinating uh, for you as uh, needing the message of the field hospital that he should go there? Concluding my article in Bigard Theological Studies, where I wrote about the Pope Francis and his liturgy. I thanked him for his visit to the three countries, and I said, I hope he is going to continue depending on his health, his program, priority, and other events. So if it happens that he chooses Nigeria as one of the countries in Africa, we have cases and we have also situations where he can help us. The trade areas he has been working on, the church as a field hospital, has a lot to reconcile in my place. There's also women who are the most vulnerable that require reconciliation. So he will have a lot to do in Nigeria because we happen to be within the same wavelength. So if I'm to recommend, I will heartily welcome him to Nigeria because the three things he has propounded, which I have tried to develop, those three things, the Church of the Field Hospital, to extend the frontiers of reconciliation, he has a lot to reconcile in Nigeria. Christians, non-Christians, ecumenism, uh, um, uh, problem of uh, politics, corruption, and so on, and so, a lot of wounds to be healed. And then also to talk to our women, which is the third part of the work we are doing, to talk about the dignity of women and the coronation of women as a way to ritualize and to reach out to these people who are the most vulnerable of the society, namely the women. Not just talking about women, but doing something palpable, liturgical, to show them that we appreciate them for who they are, creatures of God, created equal with their male counterparts. The problem is exercise. Thank you very much, Professor Chibuko, for your research uh, stint and uh, for this insightful uh, conversation. Thank you. Near and Far is produced by the Center for World Catholicism and Intercultural Theology, a research institute focused on Catholicism around the world with special attention to the church in the so-called Global South. The center is sponsored by DePaul University, a Catholic university in the Vincentian tradition in Chicago. Production assistance for Near and Far comes from Greg Barker, Anna Gallon, Elijah Gray, and Karen Kraft. For more information on the center and its activities, Look for the Center for World Catholicism on the web, Facebook, or Twitter. <music>